Welcome back to Thinking About It. Uh, Dr. Stan, I have a problem. Oh my, yet again? Again, another problem. And I want to think about this with you. Uh, we'll do it. Uh, I'm Bob McGregor, and uh, Stan and I, we get together and we think about it. This is the first time you've tuned in. I don't always have a problem, but uh, I do want to think about something with Stan that I think every pastor is thinking about right now, and that is this. Um, Before COVID, I felt like, as a lead pastor, that I had a handle on the condition of my flock. Maybe I didn't, and I just felt that way. But on Sunday, you gab, you meet people in the foyer, you've got coffee, you see new people, and it just feels good. We've been locked down uh, in one form or another for, what, six months now? I think it's seven months now. Uh, And for many of those months, the auditorium was empty, and now people are coming back gradually. But a lot of the parishioners here at Grandview... Uh, who are part of our pastoral care, my responsibility, I don't see them. Um, are they? I think they're tuning in. You get little anecdotal signs that they're there, but there's just a sense of uneasiness that I have, have had lately, uh, as to when I think about the condition of the flock, I'm not as, as clear on their condition. Are people slipping away? Are they visiting other churches? Um, are are they uh, in their living rooms really tuning in with the same intensity? Are the kids kind of distracting them? Uh, do they feel the same way about Grandview that they did before? Uh, are they growing in their faith? All all those questions are important, and I just um, I'm feeling a little anxious about that question. Oh, you and. Every other pastor, I'm sure, and others of us. I mean, I'm one of the elders in the church here, and and we have a concern for for this group of God's people. And and as you say, I mean, it's very very difficult to really know what's going on. I, I you mentioned, for example, are are if they're not here in person. I mean, a lot of us are now here mm-hmm. in person two different services on Sunday morning. Um, if they aren't here and they're watching at home, and, and many people are doing it out of great caution, some for very obvious reasons. I think of one, one, one friend of mine who is on immunosuppressants, and it's really not safe probably mm-hmm. for him to be in, in public environments like this. But I think of another, uh, another couple, friends of ours in the church, uh, we... We saw them a few weeks ago, and and uh, my friend said to me, uh, "Well, actually, you know, during the lockdown, um, we we've, we've been watching Alistair Begg from Parkside Church, in mm-hmm. Cleveland area." Well, I have visited Parkside Church twice, and there's a whole lot to like about Parkside Church and Alistair Begg's ministry of the Word there. Whole lot to like. If I lived in that area, that's where I would end up in church, probably. But that means uh, those friends of ours have have been disconnected mm-hmm. from what we can offer online, and I don't know how many others are like that. So it is very hard to know uh, how do we get in touch with them. So 
Now, I, a few months back, on two occasions, I helped out a bit, actually, when the staff took on the task of making a phone call to every household yeah. in, in our database uh, just to check up and see how things were. Is is that an idea that's going to appear again? Yeah, I think so. We did it twice, actually. Yep. And I think that's a, that's a great way. People love to get a phone call. Five minutes, even three minutes. Just uh, it's it's a connection, and you find things out. And in our church, uh, because we we've, we've got a system called Realm, uh, when you make a phone call, you enter data into that so that everyone yep. knows what's happening. And, and I use that a lot. That is helpful. Um, it, but it's not like we're doing nothing. So a few things that we're trying here, and maybe Stan, you can make me feel good about this. Oh, I want uh, to. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of churches have life groups or care groups, small group ministries, and we all understand that that's a, a major way in theory that pastoral care takes place, sometimes learning, but I think it really has more to do with being connected. In fact, some church churches call them connection groups. Um, so I think it's important at this time to invest in those things. So we've uh, established, and we, I think you're, you're one of these uh, life group coaches, so the people who are leading life groups now have someone who will come alongside and just say, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? Are you getting enough resources? So that there's more of a connection with uh, our life group leaders. Yeah, and that's a wonderful move forward. In fact, my wife and I will be part of the, the training for those coaches this coming Saturday. Um, all the help we can give to, to life group leaders is, is, a, is a valuable piece, I think, of, of helping people care for one another. And, and you and I both know from experience of leading small groups, that's not as easy yeah. as, as people might like to think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy to ask good questions in in leading a Bible study, for example. It's not easy to know how to deal with the person who monopolizes the conversation. Right. It's not easy to know what to say when someone says something really wonky mm-hmm. in in the group. Or it's not easy to find the time uh, yeah. often to to sort of engage with the people outside the group. So that that's important. My wife and I just became part of, of a new online yeah. life group. And, and that's, uh, that's been a fascinating experience. So we're, we're just going to keep working that. And before COVID, it, it was what it was. We're just doing it. But I think this is probably something we should have done anyway, uh, just to strengthen our, our life group. So I'm looking forward to that. Tell me about something else. Tell me about the recent change just announced this last Sunday about what happens after the service on Sunday morning and providing a better chance for people to connect with one another. Yeah, that's, that was Pastor James's idea. He's our outreach guy, and, and a significant uh, amount of our outreach is actually in this building because you've got people that come in here. And so we used to linger in the atrium, but now uh, what we do is before the auditorium is cleaned, for the next service, and that has to happen. Sure. Uh, we announced at the end of the service that um, the auditorium is open for chat. There's no coffee, but it's cold outside, and so the auditorium becomes a place to connect with the people that are here. Still doesn't help right. people that are not here. Right. But it, 
but I, I was really pleased when that was said this past Sunday because it is getting colder and, and we're not going to easily stand outside and carry on conversations. If we do, and, we've talked about having hot chocolate outside. That'd be cool. Well, that would, that would, that would be a step in the right direction, <laughs> but there's, there's a point at which that's not going yeah, to make much it's difference. It's pretty cold. I, I, I just think, as you say, it is about those who are here, but... I mean, those who are here need connection, and and if if there's if there's really no opportunity when we're here to do any more than walk into the worship center, be told where to sit, yeah. be ushered out by the ushers and yeah. straight to our cars, I think a, a lot of us will ask, "Is this really more yeah. valuable? Yeah, why did I than, come than watching it at home?" Yeah, and and as the weather gets gets worse. Mm-hmm. That it'll it'll it will even be easier to think that. So I'm I'm delighted to see that's happening. Well, that's that's we're going to keep doing that. Uh, another thing that we realized is that not only are life groups essential to the life of our church, but the family is. And of course, we all know that. But how often do we intentionally weigh in on the family to to make it strong? And so Angela on our staff, she's involved. She leads children's ministry, and children, of course are in families. And so she's thinking of ways whereby we can produce material that, that's ours with people, video, uh, that uh, with people that they recognize from our own church. And so this would be played in families. So it might be Elder Stan Fowler or it might be Pastor Bob speaking on a particular discipline. There's a curriculum that families can have. And so uh, once a month, this could be a conversation that families have, which again, why didn't we think of this before? But COVID has kind of said we need to pivot and, and strengthen the families. So I'm really glad and that encourages me that um, maybe we're, we're not as bad as we think. Another, another thing that we're doing is uh, there are people in our church, even before COVID, who were marginalized, sick and shut in, some people permanently, some people who are hospitalized for a while. Just, you know, what Paul says about the, the widows over 60 have a special care for them. Right. And so we've identified those people who we might never see here anyway, and uh, they are getting special attention. Uh, we have a group called Care Companions, uh, something like the Stephen Ministry that some people might be familiar with. There's a training that, that we've developed that goes with that. Carol uh, Bell has done a lot of that for us. And so these people are going to be mobilized to go in and care for those people. And so that's just getting launched now. The care, the training is just finishing now, and those people are going to be launched. So... Those are a few things that we're doing to try and and care for people. I don't know how effective they are right now. Well, they're big steps in the right direction, I would think. Uh, we we have got to find ways to connect. Now, I, I've I've sort of been asking myself recently. I'm I'm increasingly comfortable using Zoom. Um, what are some ways that I could I could use Zoom? to To actually connect with people face to face, even though it's on screen, uh, it's still face to face. It's still 
something beyond even even a phone call. I, actually, f- telephones have always been something other than a favorite of mine. Yeah. I, I, I can start a conversation with anybody face-to-face. On the telephone, I always feel like I'm stumbling to get it going. Yeah. Um, so I've been thinking, okay, what are some ways I can do it? I, I mean, one thing I've, that I've done more recently is use it more with the family. And my wife and I even stumbled onto uh, a way to use Facebook for face-to-face conversation. My wife was, she was trying to look up something that was in a, um, a, a conversation in Messenger mm-hmm. that, that she'd had with a cousin of mine back in Indiana. And when looking at, at this cousin's page, she inadvertently tapped <laughs> The, uh, the the video icon, and the next thing we know, my cousin there Elaine is. is up on screen, <laughs> and we're talking to her. And so we've, yeah. we've utilized that now with other people, like grandchildren of ours. Same thing could be done with Facebook friends who are part of the church. Uh, it's, yeah. there I, are, I there, don't know how, like, I, I, I'm just starting now to have coffee again with guys in the church. I met this morning. I mean, that's my, that's the way I relate. You know, let's go out for coffee face-to-face. I don't know if I'm able to say, okay, uh, brother so-and-so, let's, let's do a Zoom call at, at 9 o'clock and we'll have a little visit. I haven't done that. Uh, we've had meetings over Zoom. You do uh, teaching here at Grandview over right. Zoom for an hour and a half, and that works fine. I, I, and I don't know why it wouldn't work for me to say, hey, let's have a coffee visit virtually. Um, but I'm, I'm not there yet. Well, and it's not as good. I mean, I... Uh, just this morning, I mean, I, I met met a guy for a coffee. To and he's not a part of our church. He's related to mm-hmm. people in our church, and and this was a really, it, it was the beginning of an ongoing serious dialogue between the two of us about some serious issues uh, that he wanted to talk about. And I, I'd much rather do it uh, over coffee than. Yeah than via Zoom, just looking on screen. Now, time may come. We, I mean, we, this is only the second time we've ever met mm-hmm. face-to-face. The other time was a few years ago. So um, the time may come when we really need to talk, and it's easier to say, hey, can we do it on Zoom? I still like to do it face-to-face. Yeah, but you've got the dialogue started right now, which is the hard right. part. And once right. the momentum's there, it's, it's easier to do Zoom. Uh, one more thing I should have mentioned that we're doing. Um, we have a good number of seniors in our church. Yeah, I'm one of those. Well, I was just <laughs> going to say that. I'm, you know, they, they keep lowering that. It's 55 and over now. So That's there's ridiculous. A, there's a lot of seniors who just don't know it. They're in denial. SI seniors in denial, SIDS. But um, so this is something that is going to be announced, so I'm, I'm going to kind of hold back on the details. But um, we think it would be good here at Grandview if um, a retired pastor would be freed up and commissioned to uh, be about the visitation of our seniors. These aren't on our uh, care companion list. These are active people, but they're seniors. And some of the seniors in our seniors ministry don't even come to Grandview anyway, so there's a, there's just a lot of um, uh, there's, there's a big harvest there, so so you've got someone now who's gifted at pastoral care. Uh, they still got enough gas in their tank to to go into that field, 
and uh, be a, give pastoral care to people. So I think that'll help a lot. Um, That's great. I, in fact, just yesterday I read the minutes of an elders meeting that I missed last week. Yeah. So I know who you're talking about. Yes, you do. And, and that's a wonderful move. It yeah. really is. So, I don't know, I feel better, Stan, just having talked about these things. Maybe uh, the problem isn't as big as I thought it was, but I'm going to be looking for uh, evidence of um, progress and just fruit from these various initiatives because I do think every pastor needs to be able to give an account for the flock. And sometimes it's just a simple matter of building systems where people who are gifted are mobilized to care. And uh, that's what I'm hoping we're able to do here at Grandview. And I think every pastor of of any church, no matter how size, uh, needs to be thinking the same way. I commend you for it. Press on. Well, thank you. By the way, if you have any questions or issues that you would like for Stan and I to think about with you, let us know. Uh, Email our church, info at grandviewchurch.ca. And we'd be glad to uh, put that on our Thinking About It list. Until then, I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. Thanks for thinking with us. 